I mean, at least documentary feature got it right for a change, right? That should be the highlight. <laughs> the only thing that would have made last night, like Lady Gaga should have full body tackled Liza Minnelli no. in the show. That should have, and then she would have been like, do you get it? And, no. All right. And my God, how confused must have code of bet? Like, anyway, <laughs> we're back. Hi, Mike, Mike and Oscar. I'm your co-host, Mike One. We're here to recap the 94th Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Anything happen? We were born for this moment, Michael. We have been ready for this for five years. Oh it is all God. built to this. What if I were to put odds on what would need to happen on the Oscars stage to move Moonlight La La Land into the second most bizarre thing to happen on Oscars night? Like you, you would have had to come up with with a billionaire assaulting a billionaire for no reason, right? Uh, yeah, that, that's the only thing. And uh, <laughs> I, I'm just in shock still, but I'm ready for the jokes to start coming. I'm not uh, I'm not too proud to admit as much. I, I understand that it's a serious situation, yes. and yet I am a fool. Yes. Uh, I'm not going to pretend <laughs> to be a serious pundit or a critic or somebody in this space who should ever be revered, nor should you. How dare you if you even at one point get on a high horse, Mike? You don't even like horses, as we fully established on this program. You especially don't like horse movies. So. Well, Look, I, the only thing, the only high horse thing I'm going to have is that he, pr- Will Smith, probably should have been arrested. I like you yeah. can't, you certainly can't have him sitting there the rest of the night and have the camera keep cutting to him. He had to get removed from the stage. But we're going to get into all of it. I am your co-host, Mike One. That's co-host also, Mike. We're here to do our annual ninety-fourth or annual Oscars recap. It's the ninety-fourth Academy Awards that we are recapping, and that's the lead story, Mike. Yeah, hiding behind our pseudonyms, we will now talk about (laughs) Will Smith walking up to the Oscars stage, man-slapping Chris Rock after after a joke he made about wife Jada starring in a fictional sequel to a movie from 1997. But you're right. At least the documentary feature got it right for once. <laughs> poor, poor Questlove. My God. That was poor awful. everybody that won any Oscar after that moment. Because we do this all year. I couldn't give a shit less about who. I was so confused and befuddled as to what was going on after this moment. But yeah, Doc Feature, Chris Rock is out there. He's presenting the award. He makes the, I'm looking forward to G.I. Jane 2 with Jada Smith. The camera cuts to Will Smith. Will Smith's laughing. Jada laughing. is clearly furious jada is immediately rolling her eyes and pissed off camera cuts back to chris rock chris rock's trying to go on with the presentation and then will smith starts walking up to him Uh oh i guess guess chris rock thought it was going to be a bit i think we all thought it was going to be a bit and then the american feed apc tried their best to hide the truth from us because we got a loop Mike, I knew this was real because my TV froze as if Tony Soprano were eating onion rings, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Journey's playing. Just waiting for Don't Stop Believing to start piping through. Uh, we finally saw the full rundown 
Well, I shouldn't say finally. It happened relatively quick. Like we mm-hmm. we got screenshots on Twitter because we all have our laptops open, uh, watch, following this at home. And shout out to everybody on Film Twitter who just filled up our feeds. I mean, we you guys did a great job all night, and they got the unedited version of this on TVs pretty quickly. Even with that, we saw Will Smith kind of yelling at the stage, and that yeah. getting frozen out and we knew it was more than just a bit like they wouldn't have just frozen it for some profanity, but you, you hit the nail on the head. There was like some deeply weird things happening, especially with Will Smith, who's just been like the Tom Hanks of our generation, Mike, the nicest guy in Hollywood, as many pundits that we, we trust a guy that has meticulously crafted his movie star image and has ridden that into the stratosphere, like you said, billionaire status. Uh, Scott Feiberg called him the nicest guy in Hollywood last night, for Christ's sake. And he walks up there, slaps Chris Rock, walks back, and then Chris Rock is kind of muttering things about, it's just a G.I. Jane joke, what did I do? And my God, Will Smith just totally made the room fall into silence from that yeah. moment. Yeah. And then we were all in a cold sweat for the next 15 minutes. Or the next hour and a half, as was the case. I, I couldn't concentrate. I, I literally, I was just furious. I'm no better than any, you know, uh, paparazzi member at this point. But I was just furiously just thirsting social media, trying to figure out what was going on. Now, there's the alopecia thing out there. Jada, Jada Smith sure. suffers from alopecia. Did Chris Rock know that? Who? I, I, okay. Mm-hmm. Chris, it was a bad joke, first of all. I didn't think it was, you know, it's like you said, it's a joke right out of 1997. Yeah. But. It's weird that Will Smith tried laughing it off and then immediately is able to go from laughing, fake laughing to that furious. The room does fall deftly silent, like you said. You could hear Will Smith shouting at him, Chris Rock, mm-hmm. he's the most professional professional of all time. If Chris Rock does anything, if he reacts in any way to that moment, the Oscars are probably over forever. <laughs> as we know them it could have gone much worse in terms of the flow and in terms of the mood killer could you imagine if he swung back at will smith i mean i know will smith's a physically intimidating dude and chris rock's not the biggest guy of stature but like if chris rock tried to defend himself right away it's it's a mess who's breaking up that fight i have so many questions i I, maybe i can rip them off at you see what you think but i have slap related questions that i need answered after last night Number one, was that a movie slap? I mean, you just mentioned it. Did he pull his punch there? Did he pull his smack? Because Chris Rock is not known for his Rocky Balboa-like chin, and yes, yet he eats Maybe that. Maybe he just needed a chance. Yeah, he ate that like a fucking Big Mac. It I mean, was, he took that on the chin and just kept going. It was a big follow-through, but it, w- it was a short wind-up from Will Smith. And, you know, my brothers have gotten me into the fight game over the pandemic. It seemed a little movie star slappy, like, from, from a film. And, and, we, and we know. The narrative, I've seen the narrative on Instagram this morning, too, where Will Smith was defending his wife's honor, and he purposely pulled it, too. You yeah, know, I've seen people talk about that. I think he did, because we know he could punch after the Muhammad Ali movie. I mean, right. he's... You know, he doesn't have the hand speed of Muhammad Ali, but good God, I mean, he could wind up and punch. It was a short wind up, a big follow through, and Chris Rock didn't go anywhere. So I give him credit. I mean, he must have an iron jaw, not a glass chin at all for for Mr. Rock. But like, what's their history? We know that they did Madagascar 3 together, uh, Chris Rock and Jada Pinkett 
Pickett Smith. We know that the Chris Rock made jokes about her boycotting the Oscar So White ceremony in an in a exclusive from People.com. Uh, they talk about Will Smith, uh, sor- sourced out, being still mad about that. But Look, I, I don't know the history all that well, but certainly Chris Rock probably should have known who he was, you know, insulting there. If, uh, like, if he thought he was making a it's safe Chris joke. It's Chris Rock. It's, it's Chris, Chris Rock. Rock. It's a that's comedian. His whole, that's how he got to the Oscars stage was that comedy. Yeah. And that was, it, 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 look, it was a bad joke. It wasn't like a well-crafted joke, but it was an Oscars-friendly joke, you know? And again, I think it goes back to, did he know that Jada was suffering from this? If he does, that's it's a more sinister thing. If he didn't, not that that makes it okay, I guess, but it was it's Chris Rock, for Christ's sake. You know what I can't get away from? What if Chris Rock did not write that joke? What if there's like some yeah, there's minion junior comedian who works at a deli like Seth Rogen's character in Funny People, and that guy is like on the lam right now? <laughs> yeah, well, he's, <laughs> Poor <guy>. he's fired. <laughs> he's fired forever in comedy. He's going to be doing open mics for you know going forward but like look i mean will uh would chris rock file charges was a big question i had in the moment that's that's the biggest i mean was the slap real was the first like five minutes of what was going on because we in america didn't get that feed we got abc cutting the audio and then looping the video and when it came back to the audio still being cut and will smith mouthing keep my wife's name out your effing mouth which we could all read as clear as day yeah he's a very great enunciator um (laughs) so the question was, was the slap real? Because there was a big, oh, it's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit. That was the first instinct. Mm-hmm. And if it was a bit, those are the two greatest actors alive because they both played it off like it was the most real thing ever. Yeah, Eric so Weber had a good tweet about that. He yeah. would have deserved a second Oscar. Right. Yeah, it's true. It's a great point by Eric. And, and then the the second question was, okay, what is what are they going to do with Will Smith? And the Academy, I mean, as awful as Will Smith comes off, I think Will Smith... It's terrible, and it's fascinating to watch him wrestle in his mind with what he had just done while giving that speech to accept the Oscar. The Academy letting Will Smith accept his Oscar is the most bizarre decision. How do you not escort that guy away, say Will Smith won, but he can't come up to the stage to accept right now and just move the program along? I understand if it's a ratings grab thing, okay, and that had to be one of the most anticipated speeches ever. It was probably one of the highest rated five-minute segments in Oscars history, waiting for Will Smith to give his speech. But to let that man sit there and have the camera and the director decide to keep cutting back to him for reaction shots where he's forced to fake laugh with these tears in his eyes as the man's having a fucking psychotic breakdown yeah what are we doing look at it was television at its reality tv peak in this moment i mean if you're a producer and you just shuttle them out the back door you're gonna never work again it's literally assault it's a (laughs) it's bad it's battery right i want to ask you this it's bad you're a lawyer you're not just some it is assault that is it's it's either it's a tort law assault it's criminal assault yeah it's it's assault it's a crime yeah, and he's not filing charges, Chris Rock said, per Variety, that, that came out last night, by the way. The LA, LAPD says he can going forward, but it doesn't look like that's happening. Uh, I don't even care if he does it. Like, Will Smith, I, I wanted, he should have been arrested, I thought. But, like, if, even if he doesn't, you got to get him out of there. you got to get him out of the room. Uh, man, I, you and I both can get cynical at times, and I can't believe I'm the more cynical one here. But you can't allow him to leave look at the ratings like like if you're a producer you're if you're not if your hand isn't forced i mean that 
moment where every single person is texting about what just happened at the Oscars and it be, it, it's going viral, right? It's becoming the number one news story in the entire world. That had to be the high point of the Oscars where everybody tunes in at that point to see what the hell he's going to say. Like we were just like, we're barely writing in the Google document at this point, just texting each other. What the hell is going on uh, with best actor when he accepts this award? So uh, he does weird. It was a half hour too. You had to like wait this time where he was just sitting there. So he does eventually win his best actor award. And it's, I mean, God bless Uma Thurman, Samuel L. Jackson, and John Travolta trying yeah. to dance their way reenacting the Pulp Fiction thing with the briefcase shtick and it's a lead actor envelope inside. And, like, none of the bits... To, to, to go forward having yeah. the bits, which weren't bad. I mean, there were there was reunions. They were really nicely done. We're going to get to all of them. But to go forward with your bit after that, how hopeless must you feel? Anyway, they mm. do with their thing. Will Smith wins. He takes the stage. And the first thing out of his mouth is Richard Williams was a fierce defender of his family. And I was like, wow. That's a great job and a great angle to take. And, like, he's not necessarily going for sympathy, but he's just going for the straight explanation. And I was protecting my wife's honor, and I did it. I'm winning this Oscar for this character who did the same thing. So if you judge me for one or the other, you're the one being a hypocrite, not me. He has better writers than Chris Rock, let me just say. (laughs) Uh, His spin room is immediately spinning. And I'm the much more calloused Mike right now and how I'm interpreting this. But, like, yeah, nothing played before this moment because we're all just how clenching we're yeah, clenching our butts like what do you this is this is the craziest moment in television history is it not like what is crazier what other than some god forsaken national tragedy that we all watch this right. is as far as reality tv goes this is it this is the moment i cannot wait to see what comedians are going to do I wonder when people are going to get a sense of humor about this, if ever. Like, Judd Apatow immediately comes out and condemns this. A lot of comedians did. Uh, But then you have, you know, Conan O'Brien saying, just saw the Will Smith slap. Anyone have a late night show I can borrow for just uh, just tomorrow? <laughs> I heard Jimmy Kimmel was on uh, Bill Simmons today for the first, yeah. like, 20 minutes or so. He said they asked Will Smith to come on. Will Smith declined. He wants to get Chris Rock on. So, I mean, whoever gets Chris Rock's explanation is going to, I mean, talk about ratings too. And I guess Will Smith. I wonder if there's going to be a future in which the two of them go on some show together. Probably, to like, right? Don't they know each other? Aren't they? You would think so. I mean, again, they've worked together. The families have worked together on uh, Madagascar at the very least. So they got to know each other from that regard. Yeah, I want to hear. I want to know the whole story about this. I, I'm addicted. We're gonna have to do Fallout shows. And look, I, I'm not the type of person that wants the salacious stuff. I, you know me, guys. You you know I want to talk about the winners and the losers and the movies, essentially. But this is addictive stuff. Like we have to know what Jared Carmichael's gonna say when he oh hosts my God. April second Saturday yeah. Night Live. Mike SNL can send a thank you gift basket to everyone at the Oscars because they don't have to write anything. I mean, that show's coming up soon. It couldn't be timed more perfectly. Uh, And then it gets even weirder. Like, look, I mean, Will Packer has done a great job promoting this show. I've been listening to all the... uh, The the social media fallout was the most bizarre aspect of this. I mean, as if billionaire slapping billionaire isn't bizarre enough. Yeah, but Will Packer said, well, I I said it wouldn't be a boring Oscars. And that is kind of funny. That's a a smooth way to handle that. But the Academy comes out... What the fuck? (laughs) With this two-pronged tweet. 
saying the Academy does not condone violence of any form. And then it, and then they say, tonight we are delighted to celebrate our 94th Academy Award winners who deserve this moment of recognition from their peers and movie lovers around the world. And that's yeah. what they tweet afterwards. It was just yeah. the weirdest achievement in tweet. That's what they deserve the award yeah. for. It was bizarre. We don't condone violence, but we will literally hand a trophy to it on our stage, on our program, on live TV, a half hour after it happens. Can you, you could, you could not put your foot in your mouth too. You could just say nothing. Yeah. And that's another reason why, like I, I saw stories this morning saying how the Academy may strip Will Smith and that's beyond hypocritical to me. Right. Right. And that's also why you get the guy out of the room immediately withhold the Oscar, say he won and he couldn't accept it and hold it. And then you take time to process what's going on. If you should actually give it to him. But now to give him the platform, if you wanted to chase ratings, fine, but you can't chase ratings and then retroactively take the award back from the guy. I mean, give me a break. What tooth do you have? Teeth do you have in that circumstance? Nobody's going to take you seriously. Look, I mean, we've had, we've had rapists win. we've had, child molesters win Great point and they, too. Yeah. they still have their oscars uh Great point we, by you we know this all right so you, you're not kidding when you say you know hip, hypocrites i mean if the guy committed a, a i mean a crime he's not going to be prosecuted for because the the, the charges are not going to be yeah, pressed no great point so i look it i i don't i mean in terms of I mean, I hate to judge things in this way, and I, I don't want to be the judge but it's a minor offense and you get why i mean she's She's suffering from alopecia. It's a very public thing. thing. So I don't think either Chris Rock and Will Smith, like, okay, Will Smith is very wrong for attacking Chris Rock. He's wrong. Chris Rock's very wrong for that joke. So I think either they're both wrong or they're both right. I mean, Chris Rock did what Chris Rock has always done. And yeah, there's going to be a point where where a comedian pisses someone off and takes it too far. Yeah. But you handle that behind the scenes, too. If you're both that ultra famous, you... Yeah, you can defend your wife's honor behind, I mean, NBA players do it all the time, you know? Right. You can defend your wife's honor in the tunnel, in the locker room, behind the scenes, at the party. You don't have to do it on the stage. Totally. Uh, and I think uh, Will Smith was also feeling guilty for the fact that he laughed at it immediately. Oh, yeah. And then he yeah. felt guiltier after the slap, yep. and he comes back and he, and he just silences the room with the, you know, the screaming you know, F-bombs there. That, I mean, that was the, you know, that was the ugly part. That's where oh, yeah. it really got nasty. You know, the, the slap, it looked like it might have been a bit. He could have played it off as a bit. Yeah, He was kind of smirking into it and then smirking mm-hmm. out of it. And it, it could have been like a little bit of a roughhousing thing, a goofing around thing. He could have, you know, I, I, his, his mouth was smirking when yes. they freeze frame it going I into this. I agree. Well, I didn't know if I was going to bring that up or not because I didn't want to be the only one on that hill, but I saw it too. We saw that, yeah. and it, it looked like he pulled the uh, the slap in general. But then again, it probably you know it's a good bump, as you say in wrestling, right? Because uh, it mean, looks he gave it to him a little bit and, too. And Chris Rock's wherewithal, by the way, not only to to keep the show going and keep his professionalism and composure, but to have the wherewithal. That's the greatest moment in television history, <laughs> right? The slap didn't take him off of his pegs. Right. What actually took yes. him off of his pegs yes. was was Will Smith screaming yes. at him twice, saying the same thing: "Get my wife's name out of your mouth with the, with the f bombs." There, that's what yeah. threw Chris Rock off. And then he's like, "I will." Then he mutters something. We don't know what he says. He's like, eh, "Let's just go to the nominees. We got a documentary. I need a baby for this father," as they said in a Life Aquatic. <laughs> 
Chay Blanchett. I, like he was just he was out of it at that moment. I well, feel course, bad. Yeah, I mean anybody would be right. I mean, like if I get accosted by Jeffrey Bezos and he slaps me in the face, I'm probably going to need a couple minutes to figure out exactly what the hell happened in my life that led me to this. <laughs> Have you yeah. fantasized by getting slapped by a, a, a hundred billionaire or whatever he is, a trillionaire at this just point? Saying. I don't know that I just go on with my day. Is my well, point? You know, here's what I mean? the thing: if a if a trillionaire slapped you, do you think he would let you sue him or he would just have you murdered? I would kiss his feet and thank him and then run directly <laughs> to my attorney's office. <laughs> uh, I, I can't believe we saw what we just saw. And I can't believe Amy Schumer's wherewithal. She comes out afterwards. Oh, my God. Kimmel made a great point, too. I don't mean to cut you off for the comedic bit, Mike, but Kimmel made a great point, too, of how if you're hosting that, and it wasn't Amy Schumer's fault, but Kimmel was like, if I was the host, I would have been pissed at the people behind the scenes not letting me right back on stage immediately after. The fact that they made Schumer wait like 17 minutes was a disgrace against her because she should have been right out there. Some some host should have been right out there and said, you know, we got to do something about this. I agree, but they also had the weirdest timing for this whole thing. They had the in memoriam segment, which was, you know, trying to cut a tonal uh, knife, right? With the you know, it was upbeat. one of the most creative in memoriam sections it was, ever. Too. By all the right, way. we'll get into it later. But they're they're going upbeat Irish funeral style gospel music, and I don't know if that choice worked or not. But you're right, Amy Schumer doesn't come out and make her joke for a while, which it got. It was even funnier that it aged 17 minutes because she's it like, was a good joke. She's like, I've been getting out of my Spider Man costume. Did I miss anything? <laughs> the vibe in this room seems to have shifted. I shit myself. I just get, <laughs> I was done. I had to go change. Uh, but I look at I love the hosts and we could sort of transition. It's the reverberation. Well, we gotta make the Denzel point. Right? Oh, good. Yeah, but we got I mean there's there's a billion layers yeah. to this, not least of which is the fact that Denzel Washington may be a Shaolin monk. He is officially in the <laughs> Yeah, he's officially in the Jack Nicholson chair right now, and that's not a good transition from from me Shaolin monk is the first this from jack nicholson but we wondered who was in the jack nicholson chair going forward and was it going to be meryl streep was it going to be brad pitt was it going to be leo it's denzel washington right he cool. is the uh, emeritus the quote, when you're at your highest the devil that's when the devil comes for you I, that's wisdom you find either in the himalayan mountains or in a fortune cookie that's well written right that's stuff that not human beings say to each other and the fact that he's able to come up with that on the fly in the middle of this carnage going on to calm down will smith who just attacked chris rock when all of our mouths are agape as normal human beings these plebeians that we are and denzel's spitting this wisdom my god yeah that was amazing you know the pu- publicity team the pr team for will smith and yeah uh bradley cooper Denzel Washington, Tyler Perry, they they all came to Will Smith and talked him down at that moment. And, you know, in between commercials and Feinberg covered it. Uh, we had Ann Thompson covering it. Clayton Davis covering it from literally three angles. A lot of our pundit friends were covering mm-hmm. it from inside the room. And that's really important. Like, I want to see the 360 on this. You got the Nicole Kidman reaction of all the people that have the hugest reaction. Nicole Kidman, that's <laughs> fitting, I guess. Uh, yeah, we got to see the 360 on this. Where's Adnan Verk inside on this one? Like, who's inside? We Like, he did the Moonlight thing for ESPN a couple years back. I, I want to see that with the slap Oscars. I, we have to see it. I... When are we going to stop talking about that? Well, that was the and other that's, thing. That's how long is Mike Mike like 
Mike, Mike, and Oscar has to talk about this. We can't not lead with this today. We do it's a year-round all, show. It's, it's not only the greatest moment in Oscars history. It might be the great, and I mean greatest in terms of most spectacular, spectacular, most watched, most intriguing, most you can't help but talk about it and watch it. Water cooler moment. It's the greatest moment in reality history. It's the greatest moment in awards history. It's the greatest moment in maybe television history. This was the most that hour. And you're this is why you're right in keeping Will Smith in the room. But you're right from a cynical perspective because it is just ratings chasing. That half hour sweat spread between when the slap happened to Will Smith giving his speech had to be the most intriguing hour of television or half hour of television. Mm-hmm. Uh, since the MASH finale, since the Super Bowl you want to pick? I don't know. Mike, I'm going to rewatch it and study it, and I think we should yeah. probably do that for our Fallout it's episode. It's the Zapruder next. film. We, we have to. <laughs> we have to slow it down, freaking Harrison Ford and Blade Runner style. <laughs> we, yeah, Kevin Costner took forever to deliver his best director speech, but we're going to be like back and to the left. <laughs> back and to the left. Watching this, Kevin Costner, clearly a man who's never watched porn, by the way. Clearly, yeah, that's <laughs> he, he found out what an adult movie is last night after somebody said, <laughs> "quote unquote" adult film. I saw an adult film when I was seven years old, and we were like, "The whole oh, room, Bohemian." Talk about being the only person in a room not in on the joke. The whole room laughing, thinking he's going to talk about being in a dirty theater when he was a young kid. He's like, "It was." Uh, I was. The yeah, movie was he talking about? Yeah, how the West was won. I was like, I don't remember. I don't remember. Remember, Debbie Does Dallas and How the West Was Won is the two most famous porn movies ever. And here I am thinking he's bohemian. Seven-year-olds are freaking hippies in Hollywood. Goddamn hippies. He was really just trying to tell us that he was in a movie theater jerking off to Finalou Flanagan back in the day is all that was. You know who's in How the West Was Won? No, I just looked it up. I can't even play that. All right, well, good for you. (laughs) Great computer skills. Uh, Yeah, a lot of big moments. And we kind of want to go through our recap and reaction. We had to lead with that lead story, but uh, you know we'll we'll take it from start to finish here. We'll start with the red carpet, Michael. I had a few highlights, but first of all, I wanted to mention to you, Jessica Chastain was in a tight shot when she was first introduced to at least me on the red carpet, and she was wearing the gold top to the dress. And I'm like, oh no, she's in the yeah. Glenn Close dress. Yeah. Thank God they panned down and she's got the purple with the flourish on the bottom, the, the fun bottom uh, to it. So she saved herself. She learned her lesson there. She learned a lesson from from Glenn too. And this is kind of the downer of the slap. I mean, there's a lot of downers to the slap happening, but Jessica Chastain's moment, Coda's moment, Questlove's moment, all these things happen and right. they don't get their proper due and their proper celebration. But yeah, going into the night on the red carpet, you, you were wondering if Jessica Chastain was going to be the victim of this year's gold dress. She had to have known. Somebody had to have clued her in. She's very, te- uh, you know, social media savvy in her own right. So I'm sure she was aware not to go full trophy look. Well, her her people listened to Mike, Mike, and Oscar, Clearly. and they knew that she was the betting favorite right. and that we've been all over it for a while and that I picked her, and I'm usually right, and of course. So, uh, Timothy Chalamet. You were, you were, I mean, that's the second lead, and I feel bad for Will Smith taking your thunder. You nailed every category. 20 for 20. Good job yeah. by you, sir. That's very. That's something to pat uh, you on you, back thank about. Thank you. Uh, I com- completely set you up very transparently. I'm very proud of myself for the 20 categories that we do cover. It, I mean, in I got, all fairness, it would have been the first thing we said had one billionaire not say assaulted another billionaire in the middle of a million. I've, yeah, I've been parading around the house just like, just, I got 20 out of 20. <laughs> just like an idiot. I am for, so great. 
<laughs> I am so great. No, look at. I'm glad that our Oscar bets episode can play with like a longer shelf life now. So that's cool. Uh, I'll say that with uh, with every ounce of false modesty. But look, I, I was very honest that I voted conservatively in, in terms of my picks, which I typically do more than you. I'm less of a gambler in that yeah, regard. Favorites, favorites carried the day for the most part going into the show. And the big thing I was trying to do was, you know, using some logic that we've always had, all our theorizing, right? The Oscars puzzle theory, other things like like that. I was sticking to our guns, Mike. I was doubling down on our principles in many cases and using them in the Oscar bets episode to like cast my votes towards something that I wanted to win. Mm -hmm. So I followed my heart in a lot of these wins. So I'm pretty darn happy today. I can't lie in terms of the winners. 21 of 23 overall, 20 for 20 in the non-short sections. I, 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 you know, at least you didn't, you only switched one pick and at least it wasn't a pick that you ended up getting wrong. It was a thing you got wrong twice, basically. So, right. You know, 21 out of 24, I guess. Yeah. 21 out of 23. Shame on us for not doing the short film research that we wanted to do this year that we've done every other year on the pod. I think people are going to forgive us, Mike. We just did a half hour at the opening of the uh, recap show on something unrelated to any of this. (laughs) Yeah, if they forgive us for other things, (laughs) they'll forgive us for this. Uh, Timothy Chalamet, Mike, shirtless under the blazer. He watches Ted Lasso and knows the Jamie Tart theme song. Uh, He's going to spill some soup on it in the after party. Just Just don't. You know, I look, I get you're being comfortable in your sexuality, Timmy, but don't go full, you know, don't show up naked next time. Don't do the little Kim with just a star over your crotch, you know, slightly awkward, but but funny if you watch Apple TV Plus, which now everybody will mm-hmm. after the show. But uh, Kristen Stewart brings the short shorts back from Venice, Mike. Love that look. Zendaya's silver skirt. I mean, the skirt was, or not a skirt. I mean, it, what do you call? It? I don't know. The train. I'm not. We're not the fashion people. Uh, we we realize we're Oscars counter programming, especially to the red carpet <laughs> at, at best. Uh, but Zendaya, Andrew Garfield. I thought he was snazzy with the. I use words like snazzy. Mm-hmm. Jamie Lannister, <laughs> Sean Mendes. Those are my highlights on the guy side. I have. No takes on fashion because I am currently in a white T-shirt like I am for most of these recordings. Thank God. All right. We'll go through the pre-show awards. There was a lot of hullabaloo about these on Twitter as they were actually being given out. And the Twitter Adi was updating us. Uh, Dune won Best Sound. Queen of Basketball won Doc Short. Windshield Wiper got Animated Short. Long Goodbye won Live Action Short. Dune, Original Score. Dune, Film Editing. Uh, Dune was a big talking point on Twitter, sweeping its first three award and ending up going four for four as it also won production design in the pre-show there. Eyes of Tammy Faye did win Hair and Makeup. So I wanted to come up with the Woj bomb equivalent and coin a term to uh, a journalist mm-hmm. covering like the sports world, right. but covering the entertainment world for future Oscars or whatever. Right. I mean, Sasha Stone, Kyle Buchanan, and Scott Feinberg all did great, great jobs of doing this in the room. The best thing I came up with, though, I think, is the Scott Feinburst. <laughs> Will that play? No, I like the Stone Cold, the Sasha Stone Cold stunner. I like that. You would like that. Yeah. Uh, the Kyle Buchanan blast. Uh-huh. I was going for that, the Buchanan blast. But the Scott Feinburst, 
I think is my best work there. Right? Look at we got a, writers need to workshop a lot of things coming out of this Academy Awards, but uh, that is certainly one of them. But Dune kept winning, Michael. Yeah, Dune uh, ended up winning production design. Like I said, it goes four for four there. Eyes of Tammy Faye, hair and makeup, like kind of was a little bit of a precursor to Chastain's success to come. It's actually hair and makeup is the reason I didn't change Chastain to Penelope Cruz, despite her odds uh, right. plummeting. And we'll go over that as we get to it. Is it too much to ask, though, as those were being given out during the red carpet show? Can ABC hire some red carpet personalities that at least know what the hell they're talking about? Like, hmm. if you want to focus on the fashion and all that, that's fine. But I don't need those same people acting like they're pundits predicting House of Gucci for hair and makeup because you're not doing your casual fans any service by giving them hope like that. And you're not doing any of your hardcore fans who know the odds and know House of Gucci, for example, has no chance any any service by doing that. Yes, and however, I think if you put all pundits on uh, out there and they're just like, oh, well, here's the 20 people who are going to win and here's why. I mean, Clayton Davis does a really nice job of, of dressing really cool and, and working the red carpet and doing the... You know, being a tweener, I guess. But the rest of us would just be less good looking, (laughs) boring, (laughs) predictive. We have podcasts. I defy anyone to put me on a live camera and call me boring afterwards. The people who are out there probably deserve to be out there. They're experts at things we are not. So I just I push back against you a little bit there. Yeah, okay. But at the same time, we have the red carpet interview. Somebody's interviewing Penelope Cruz, right? And so the red carpet, we're going to focus this more towards the casual fan. We're going to let them in, in on everything. One of the questions was, you've worked with Pedro seven times now. Well, who the hell? Who's Pedro? I think no casual fan is going to know who Pedro Almodovar is. All right, but casual fans should learn the name of Pedro Almodovar. I don't disagree, but how about saying the name to teach them? I will praise the Oscars in this regard. I think they did a nice job marketing for the most part. I thought their clips were together and more teasery than spoilery which was awesome. I think the the trailers are more spoilery, but fine. They're still solid, less well put together than the clips. But we had a lot of, you know, marketing for these movies. And here's we're marketing Pedro Almodovar. But I mean, most of his films are not like Pain and Glory, Mike. Most of them are like Parallel Mothers and they're soapy and they're fun. And they're, oh, my God, they got a meaning to them as well. But, you know, talk to her. But yeah, they, they go seek out Pedro Almodovar's movies, people. We can get into the show itself. The uh, the Oscars program took off, and uh, it, it took off, I thought, as well as it could have taken off at the beginning. We go open with Venus and Serena. They start the show talking straight into camera and introducing Beyonce, performing Be Alive from King Richard from the courts of Compton. Uh, I thought this was as good as a start as it could have been Adnan Verk I thought had a great treat about it because desperate for a rating smash hey forget the movies let's make this the Grammys ladies and gentlemen Beyonce now you have to remember this is a mindset going into this where the most important thing on our minds was how is this Oscars program going to be that slap wouldn't change the entire landscape of everything we've ever known for another two hours at this point so it was an efficient move to say let's all right let's just play one of the Oscar nominated mm-hmm. songs here. We're we're killing two birds with one stone. It's a terrible saying. I, I learned terrible sayings on this podcast every year, right? We do it. Last year there's two <laughs> ways to skin a cat. There's, oh my god, bird birds and stones, animals. Just killing all sorts What's of happening animals, yeah. with the nomenclature? All right. <laughs> Someone in the room said they were all dressed as tennis balls with which made me laugh. I just Was that not the point? 
I thought, I mean, they are clearly all dressed as tennis balls on a tennis the, court. The tennis ball green was strange. I think, uh, you know, Princess Diana ate that as soup with pearls and Spencer, <laughs> that color. I, yeah, that was weird for me. That song also plays too long, like uh, abridged the darn Oscar-nominated credit songs in particular, please, unless you're reenacting a scene. All these original songs were a bit long in the tooth. I, I liked a couple of the performances, and, and this is, you know, Beyonce being Beyonce. So you really can't go wrong here. She's belting it out. She's she's dancing. She's got the whole contingent. And it's very cool that they're on the actual courts that the Williams sisters began their journey into, you know, the stratosphere as tennis stars. I would listen to any original song 10 times over before I get a remix uh, tailored to the Academy like we got with We Don't Talk About Bruno, but we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, Wanda Sykes, Amy Schumer, Regina Hall all came out. They are introduced by DJ Khaled, who... That, that was, was the weird. first red red flag for me, being like, oh boy, are we going to make this the hip show now? Like, this is going to be, look kids, we got DJ Khaled to interrupt the proceedings and introduce our host for us. But, okay, whatever. There was great jokes off the uh, opening monologue, I thought. I agree that the comedy was awesome. And and that's, and this is a bias for me, Michael. If If a show, if a TV show, if a movie makes me laugh... My God, I'm going to forgive it some unforgivable sins, especially for plagiarizing like Rick James' most famous joke in the middle of the <laughs> of the show. Uh, look, I, I just think these were funny jokes uh, from all three of them, especially at the start, and it was one after another. I saw people talk about how this was mean-spirited. This, there was a lot of blue check marks that, that cover film professionally yeah. who were not pleased with this show from top to bottom thought it was the death of the oscars the death of comedy just they thought it was mean-spirited etc etc i am in the other camp at least for the first two hours and i actually think if you were kind of getting under the skin of people who take film so seriously then you may have been catering towards the casual fans and that's what this program and that's what abc as scott told us on the show that's what they care about. That's what they wanted to do. They don't care about the given. I mean, they care about every rating, obviously. But yeah. if you're going to tune into the Oscars regardless, if you're in the film uh, journalism world or the punditry world and you're, they know they have you, they're not tailoring the show to you anymore. At least not this year and probably not going forward at this point. You and I are comedy snobs. We've always ha- we always have been. Mm-hmm. And I, I and by comedy snobs, I mean like we also love the big junk food comedies as well somehow. But we, oh, yeah. we'll we'll hate the movie that is going for jokes and swinging and missing, but we'll forgive it immediately if it if it makes us laugh once. Sure, and we'll raise the score by a full letter grade or whatever. These jokes were like they were like fourteen out of fifteen early on, and yeah. and a lot of them were self deprecating. I mean, mm-hmm. Amy Schumer's calling herself Melissa McCarthy said no. <laughs> Amy and Schumer blew me away as a host. Awesome. I, mean, I thought she was a perfect fit for this. Well, th- and I did that's not think what that we were in. saying. We were saying when these hosts were signed up, I was like, at least Wanda Sykes is going to be funny. At least mm-hmm. Amy Schumer is going to be funny, unless they write them out of their you know zones. They're going to be funny. They're going to be able to deliver punchlines. We knew that going in. Regina Hall was a bit of a wild card, especially after the indie spirits awkwardness. She had like a weird presentation at the spirits, but you know, she's got a career in the scary movies, a career Mm -hmm. in in comedies that she's, you know, you know, gotten out of that lane with master and support the girls. And she's been in some TV uh, for Christ's sake. Uh, She's, Killing it. And yeah. all three of them raise their profiles after this, Michael. That's the impossible. 
They have increased their ticket sales. I mean, who... I want to see Wanda Sykes after this do stand-up. I would see Amy Schumer's uh, do stand-up. I'll watch yeah, Hulu's show after this. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with both those great points by you. And uh, it's just such a shame that nobody... Like, this is not going to be the focus of anyone talking about this coming out of this show. And this show was so meticulously crafted to, like, avoid yeah. any of those moments. Avoid being memed. Avoid being made fun of as much as it could. And they did a great job in that respect. They were you know, toeing the line between being taken, I thought anyway, I know a lot of people disagree, but being taken seriously and hitting the, the humor notes uh, to be more attractive to the casual movie fan. But all right, yeah. let's go into the awards given out on the evening. Her and Daniel Kaluuya came out. They presented supporting actress to Ariana DeBose. Stop me if you've heard this before. Uh, so that streak for the lone Latinx Oscar winner being portrayed by Marie in West Side Story is finally snapped 60 years later by uh, a Latinx actress portraying Maria's Best friend character in West Side Story. Yeah, that that's a long overdue stat break right there. But look, she gets up there fast, Ariana DeBose, mm-hmm. and she nails this speech. Yeah. Quote, this is why Anita says, I want to be in America. She says to Rita Moreno, your Anita paves the way for so many Anitas like me. And then she ends with the heartfelt shout out to the history of the moment. Uh, There's indeed a place for us speaking to the Latinx community, speaking to the Afro-Latina community, speaking uh, to the LGBTQ plus community. And this is just a wow moment that really kicks off the show on a great note. It's another thing that's not going to be talked about is how much how tailored against the uh, don't say gay bill, especially tailored against Florida. Uh, and their legislation recently, this show was. And I, it's going to be overshadowed by that slap. And you're absolutely right. This was a great speech. Uh, Jason Momoa and Josh Brolin came out. They presented sound to Dune. There was more funny bits and one-liners off of this. Brolin asking Momoa, have you ever been nominated? And Momoa, <laughs> no. Yeah, Regina Hall kind of got into this with the funny COVID testing of the mm-hmm. hunks. <laughs> yeah. Randomly screening Timothy Chalamet and all these people. And then that bit goes on too long. And I'm like, all right, this the comedy's going downhill. They they blew their wad in the first few minutes, right. and then she starts patting down Jason Momoa, and I'm just an easy, easy laugh at that minute. And of course, Jason Momoa and Brolin are ready because they per, you know they presented that first hour, so they're they're flying high. And and of course, they got the perfect delivery. Momoa's making us all laugh with his, his you know his presentation. So yeah, they come out and they start these retroactive representations, the edited versions. And look, I, I would prefer, I would prefer if they employed all their creativity and comedy towards presenting these categ- eight categories live on air, Mike. I really would. And we, we've, we've always said this, and I said this on the Fix the Oscar show we did years ago, but this could have been so much worse. I thought this was great. The, the, the flow. way they did it, yeah. The flow, the pacing of it helped out tremendously. And I understand what you're saying, and I agree. I wish there was a way to do it. But look, we are trending towards cutting more awards, not adding more. And that's unfortunate. Feinberg, and it sucks. Feinberg talked about on the last episode that they yep. wanted to just cut, plain cut. Yep. What, a dozen categories, 10 categories? Yeah. What, I forget what he said now. 12. A 12. I was shocked to hear that. Yeah. We both like groaned aloud. Never mind... You know, the fact that they had to negotiate to do the pre-show and look, I wonder if you could just show the pre-show like and cross cut that with the red carpet. That's the big. How are we not there yet in 2022? How that pre-show, how the live, they're not airing those live somewhere for film Twitter to watch if they want to. And the family members of these people who couldn't be in attendance to watch. You, could, you can't air those on YouTube or Disney Plus or something. Give me a break. 
Yeah, so that's a bummer. And and look, all of the substitution was not great, and the fact that the show went just as long as last year is kind of ironic. I wonder how much was getting milked towards the end to to play devil's advocate and push back a little bit. But I do think, I do think like they had a three and a half hour broadcast last year. The same this year. I think this one's going to do better. We'll, we'll have to cover it in future episodes. And I don't necessarily need the white men can't jump 30 year anniversary clip, but it was kind of fun. I mean, it was fine. The top fives that were kind of thrown to the side in the uh, reunion clips, I think I could have done without as well. They're, just have the reunion happen on stage. Right. Bring us the actors, which is what happened the first time with the White Man Jump reunion. Woody Harrelson, Wesley Snipes, and Rosie Perez, they were there to reunite and present cinematography to Greg Frazier of Dune. I enjoyed the joke. It's been 30 years since I proved they could, said Woody Harrelson. And then he immediately makes fun of himself for being high. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Rosie Perez says "zwooted." I didn't know that was a word. That was hilarious. And then, yeah, he's breaking before he delivers the uh, the winner. So I thought they did a nice job. Greg Frazier wins. He delivers a cute speech. She pays tribute to Master Denis. Uh, everyone is campaigning for Denis' eventual Best Director win for Part 2. So that's coming as well. And look... Facts are facts. We were 39 minutes in at that point. We had the winners of 11 categories alongside with one musical performance and one movie reunion. I thought the pacing at this point was great. I was very surprised and impressed with how the show was going, especially compared to what my expectations were coming in. If anything, they were going too fast, which was a criticism yeah. that I pay pay credence to. And I do think, yeah, that's probably true. They probably could have let something play a little longer. But they're trying for pace. They're trying to keep things moving so that people will keep tuning in for all these stars. And and just like the credits roll at the beginning of the thing, here are all the stars. Oh, my God, look mm -hmm. at who we got here. So, but yeah, people are looking forward to what's coming. I wonder if they made a... Uh... Uh, correction in the middle of the program because what we heard going into Academy Sunday was that Brolin and Momo were going to be uh, presenting all the previously awarded awards, but they only presented the one for sound. And then for the well, most part, well, they did the pre show, I believe. Okay. All right. That's so maybe what that's meant. what I was missing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Because uh, from there on out, coming back from commercial breaks, all the pre show awards were kind of just recapped by a voiceover lady uh, saying that Doc Short went to the Queen of Basketball for starters. Yeah, and Shaq and uh, Steph win Oscars. I should have known that. That would have cinched my pick. If I knew Shaquille O'Neal and Steph Curry, it's, again, it's on me. It's on me for, for not getting that right. I'm an ang I'm the angriest at myself. Right. The, go the queen of basketball, you know, should have been my pick. I love the movie. I saw it six months ago, and I uh, reviewed it on the pod. So, yeah, I'm, I'm mad at myself here, even though I think Audible was better. Oh well, what are you gonna you, do? You uh, you went twenty for or twenty one for twenty three, but I got more shorts right than you, so that makes me feel good. That's what happened. <laughs> Coda video package <laughs> for best picture. Then Rachel Ziegler and Jason Zalordi came out to present VFX to Dune. Deep Water is quite the movie, Michael. You should watch it. He's I'm in going that. to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna have to do like a what we're watching catch up for new movies this year. By the way, in our year in preview <laughs> series that's coming. Uh, but look, uh, Rachel Zegler is here. She's uh, taking a break from Snow White and the filming of that. I mean, Disney, just make the easy, obvious decision. Get your people where they need to be. Just stop stepping in it. What are they doing? But you know, obviously, this is not the worst of their sins of late. But first cut of the microphone in this vfx presentation get the third guy the hell out of there yeah. he does a nice save in the donka shane i thought that was a funny cute moment poor guy didn't get to say his you know his end of it they really cut it fast 
they really were quick on the trigger with these uh, below-the-line categories as far as uh, award acceptance goes. Uh, again, uh, you know, I get why there was outrage over it, but it also did help the pacing of the show. You can't say that it didn't. The, the pace really wasn't an issue until the slap happened, but uh, we move on here. Tony Hawk, Kelly Slater, and Sean White present the 60th anniversary of Dr. No, James Bond thing for reasons. Why are these three <laughs> presenting that award? I mean, because they're Tony... cool, man. Don't you want a skateboarder and a, and a fucking inline skater and a surfer? Tony Hawk just got splooged on in Jackass Forever. <laughs> what is hap? Why is he? Why is he presenting James Bond sixty years? This was the capper of the first hour, and all it was was a video package and like a promo package of celebrating all of James Bond with Paul McCartney's Live or Let Die playing over it. And that's what I thought most of the changes and tailoring towards the casual fan was going to be like for the majority of the night. I'm very grateful it wasn't, because if it was, that much like this did, just did not play well. Right. I, I was bored by this. It was pretty to look at, but it was pretty pointless as well. It was fine. It reminded me of all the James Bond movies we watched last year for the James Bond character study, whatever, how many episodes arc that was for us, 10 episodes we did one a month. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of, and I'm I'm glad. But yeah, I don't. do I need that at the Academy Awards? I don't, again, I, we don't need that. Maybe the casual viewer does, I guess. Uh, but we did get a long presentation of these trailers i wish they were less spoilery like don't look up you know the whole movie from that trailer yeah i uh i guess if the, the argument could be if you're going to present long trailers aren't you going to give away some of the movie anyway and you're happy to have trailers or at least clips back in the award show aren't you yes i am i, th I thought they played well overall except yeah, the, these trailers were awkward, and trailers have been awkward and getting more audacious over the years just in general. I'm not at the stance yet where I'm saying Mike, Mike and Oscar will not review trailers, we will not, we will stay away, but I'm getting there, Michael. I'm getting there because some movies have been ruined by trailers of late, and for me anyway, and, and this could have ruined the movie for you. Don't look up if you, if you watch this. I wonder if Dos Orgitas was ruined, because that was next. Stephanie Beatrice presented the live performance of Dos Orgitas excuse me, by Sebastian Yatra. I thought it was a beautiful rendition. He was clearly nervous as hell. His hands were shaking all over the place, but he sounded pretty. One of the two musical performances that I really loved. And how about those two dancers going yeah. off and being slid on the floor? I thought that was beautiful. But yeah, Billy and Phineas and Sebastian Yatra, hell of a job. Holly Bailey and Naomi Scott and Lily James, those are the live-action Ariel, Jasmine, and Cinderella, respectively, from the Disney live-action adaptations that have either happened or are upcoming. They presented Best Animated Feature to Encanto. It had to be Encanto after you put Dosa Regitas on immediately, immediately before this presentation, right? Right, and have the Disney princesses. I mean, they really tipped a lot of awards tonight. They played yeah, they the did. averages or the price Waterhouse accountant. Didn't just leak to the mobsters. He leaked to the... <laughs> You know, the producers. But actually, you know, he probably lied to the mobsters this year, and he's he's in trouble now. He's in a trunk somewhere. He's a man with no kneecaps, much like myself after all my <laughs> failed Oscar bets. The first of our top five whatever for viewer's choice is why we can't have any top five whatever for viewer choice during the Oscars, because 
I don't even, I didn't catch what the countdown even was, right. but number one was the Flash showing up in the Snyder Cut, and it beat out the big reveal in Avengers Endgame and the big reveal in Spider-Man No Way Home, which I gave me one of my hardest laughs of the night. Yeah, this was awkward. Uh, I didn't even get it at first. I didn't see the numbers on the screen. I was kind of half paying attention because I zoned out. I, I wanted to zone out purposely for these goofy things. And then I didn't realize that they were counting down. And mm -hmm. look, I don't want to hate on Zack Snyder lovers because he's a visual maestro and he deserves a ton of credit. And we, we like some of his earlier work because we're snobs. But that's not how anybody runs in the flash it's ridiculous <laughs> it's just the dumbest part of that movie uh it's also like kind of silly that we do this instead of including a stunts category if yeah. you want more yeah. nominees from big blockbuster films that's where the industry is going have a stunts stunts branch you'll get a different group of winners at the very least and, and certainly a group of nominees that could do you proud in this regard don't do this goofy thing what are we doing well said by you couldn't agree more with any of it i think it makes too much sense and it's probably why the academy will never adapt it uh, the voiceover related came back presented animated short film to windshield wiper reminding us all of what happened in the pre-show yeah i would not have picked this one even though i almost came up with a reason to pick it by default because, uh, look, I I'll say it again. Do not watch these animated shorts with your kids. They are seriously explicit with nudity and violence. Don't let them watch them except for Robin Robin, which is very tame on Netflix, Netflix there, whatever it's called. Uh, but the windshield wiper here had the best animation, so kudos to them. We had the Drive My Car video package for best picture. I liked the way they handled the video packages overall, even if they were a little spoily. I, I appreciated the fact that they didn't announce a presenter to present the video package, to present the next, you know, I yeah. cut down on all that. They just went right into the packages. I uh, thought that was very efficient. Uh, my Blink-182 loving heart freaked out because Travis Barker made an appearance as the house drummer. So that mm -hmm. was fun for me. And then Wanda Sykes presented the Academy Museum in a video package involving her visiting for the first time. Again, some funny bits in this, slapping her name on the donation wall. Yeah, it was kind of dad jokey for most of it, but I, I found humor in it. Look it. We are dad jokey for yeah. the most of our podcast history, and this was right <laughs> up our alley. Like, have you ever been to Meryl Streep's house that looked like this hall of Oscars? That made me laugh. I mean, the white chicks joke she makes, Aquaman, you know, pointing to the the shape of water monster. Uh, Aquaman, Jason Momoa. Uh, Harvey Weinstein as an orc from Lord of the Rings. That good. good. Just, good. I mean, she's crushing it here. And look, it, Wanda Sykes probably had the lower score of the hosts up to this point for me but Agreed. she gave me huge laughs Agreed. laughs down the down the stretch here especially with this skit and and made a poignant point too about how the uh the empty oscars case for the first black winner she said oh it could also represent all the black directors who have ever won great point <laughs> oh, good yeah, yeah uh, please uh academy at some point but look at i i want to go to the museum now don't you i mean they oh, did yeah. their job oh yeah they did their job like maybe i'm in the casual basket in this regard i wasn't you know stoked to go to the museum as of yet and i do want to go to the museum now yeah i do want to go to the museum absolutely and i also want to hang out with Yu jung yoon or at least have her adopt me as her grandchild because she was out next presenting supporting actor <laughs> to troy kotzer and she might be the most delightful human to ever live can you be adopted as a grandchild yeah, lawyer sure. well, I, I, i'll tell you what if she's on the table i can be i'll write the law myself last year i complained about everyone mispronouncing my name everywhere and now i must apologize because i have to read all of these names yeah it's again 
comedy rules being followed, self-deprecation, and maybe that's not something that Oscar pundits and critics like, but that's the rules of comedy, please. It's also the rules of getting people to like what you're watching for the most part. Scott, uh, by the way, Feinberg, completely right. Everyone doing that deaf clap a couple times throughout the night. Very yeah. cool visual. I was watching with my mother. She was literally crying. Uh, Troy yeah. Kotzer did what he's been doing all season long, which was give a great speech, winning people over and just being his lovable, affable self. He said he was planning on teaching the Biden some dirty sign language, but Marley Matlin wouldn't let him. So instead, he thanks all the deaf stages he was allowed to perform on growing up. Also gave love to Sean Heater. Talks about his dad, who was the best signer uh, in his life, but had to be paralyzed and give up signing because of a terrible accident. Said, Daz, Dad, you're my hero. Uh, things got awfully dusty in my house awfully quickly when he was giving a speech. Yeah, I disagree wholeheartedly. I think this guy's a jerk. He's gonna. He's really shown his true colors this season. Uh, not charming at all. Uh, he no. This is our favorite performance of the year. Our favorite yeah. new star of the year. We love Troy Kotzer. This was why we wanted to do an Oscars podcast year round in the first place because he launched his star like Buzz Lightyear at the beginning of award season at the Gotham's. He charmed the pants off of us. I had I was pantsless watching the Gotham. <laughs> well, that's typical for us. But no, look, at I, he's the man. And I'm so glad it, 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 he went the distance. Troy Kotzer. Apologies to all the advertisers who have reached out to us that we've turned down because we clearly are great at integrating things seamlessly into this program because his star went off like Buzz Lightyear is an amazing segue by you to talk about Chris Evans was up next giving a canned congratulations to Troy Kotzer in a pre-taped video package using that as a segue to introduce a trailer for Lightyear. Mm -hmm. And we got some trailers during the commercial breaks, Liam Neeson's uh i forget a couple but there there were movie. some we could just say movie <laughs> liam neeson's movie why does he keep doing all these action movies like he's isn't he 80 years old <laughs> it's just liam neeson's ask action movies still like yeah, jordan peele really just walk up to him and slap him in the face i think jordan <laughs> peele made the joke like 15 years ago right uh, Mila Kunis came back presenting the performance of Somehow You Do, written by Diane Warren, sung by Reba McIntyre. It was a good performance. The song shouldn't be nominated. Diane Warren, stop making music. Like, you, you, like I don't mean stop making music. I just feel so bad for this poor woman. She does not need to be nominated when she has no chance at winning. Oh, for 18. It's a bummer. But I, I forgot to mention Hamaguchi. He got cut off in his speech for Drive My Car, but a good speech by him. And then. Oh, I, yeah. I skipped over that. That's my fault. Yeah. Tiffany Haddish presenting. Uh, Tiffany Haddish and Simi Liu presenting Drive My Car for Best International Feature. My fault there. Right. The heaviest favorite on the night for sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, poor Diane Warren. Reba McIntyre does a nice job, but this should be a. a this should be a, comp a shorter version of that song. Like, we don't need that entire song. But we, we got to know, by the way, we got to get a better cross-section of music in next year's Academy. They always do this, Mike. And we forgot to get a country song involved here. They do it every year. They could have had Ariana Grande and no. Jay-Z. And they could have had their problems could have all been solved for them. If they they just... want music from all corners. We should have remembered this with the Ballad of Buster No, but they Scrubs. don't because they didn't even vote for you, too. Yeah, if you they want could've. music from all corners, U2 is the boring ass. I'll make sure U2's there. Look, Reba, Trisha, we got we to gotta keep our eyes out next year. Uh, yeah. But uh, we did get a, a moment of silence for Ukraine at this time. I was surprised we didn't have more Ukraine speeches. I wonder if people were 
instructed not to do it because they were going to do this big call to action in the middle of the show. Here's where you donate to crypto.com. What'd you think of this? I was surprised that Zelensky didn't make an appearance. That seemed like a layup. And that seemed like something that was trending in that direction as recently as 24 hours prior to shows opening. Uh, if you kept up with the trades, you know, Sean Penn threatened to smelt his Oscar in public if Zelensky doesn't show up. So now he has to be held accountable to that. I think I need to watch Sean Penn boil down his Oscar. And if there's any humor in the world, he would turn around and slap Chris Rock in the mouth immediately after. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, this joke's it's going to go a long way, whether it's funny or not. Uh, Sean Penn smelting an Oscar. Why is that a threat? Like, what is he... He said if they don't show Zelensky, he will smelt his Oscar in public. I guess he wanted Zelensky to have the airtime. I, You know, I, I understand there's reasons to not show him. I, I under, Like, I get that. I get that side of it. Um, there's been articles written about him that don't show him in the most favorable of light, but, you know, not necessarily pro-Russian articles either, I would say. I would just want to underline that. But it's still, what he's doing is amazing over there in the Ukraine. Yeah, I'm not necessarily sure of smelting an Oscar and how that helps the situation. But I, I know Sean Penn does help a lot of these crises and, you know, he has in the past. I know people give him a lot of trouble for kind of being aggrandizing, at least in terms of the perception. But I, I do want to say that I, I do think he's genuine in many ways. And, and even if he isn't, he gets things done, Sean Penn. Mm -hmm. So. Mike, we got the, another short film that we both picked right. Thank God. Yeah, the voiceover lady got a lot of things done tonight, too. She had a lot of uh, presentations as she was back presenting live-action short to the long goodbye. Riz Ahmed is officially an Oscar winner. A jarring short film, but a, a talented one in terms of the filmmaking. And this is uh, something you can watch on YouTube. It's 11 minutes, the long goodbye with Riz Ahmed, who's now an Oscar winner. Dune's Best Picture Package was followed by Lupita Nyong'o and Ruth E. Carter presenting the costume design Oscar to Cruella. Ruth E. was a natural. She missed her line, and then she said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm used to being behind the camera. <laughs> yeah, good job by the presenters across the board tonight, especially one in the middle of the show there. Uh, but no, Ruth E. Carter also, great job. And she, you know, she laughed off a goof right here. Mm -hmm. And then we had a presentation that I thought was very inspired from Jenny Bevan, just pointing out and thanking all the people by everything she was wearing, right? All the, yeah. the uh, what do you call the fashion things that you wear, like a watch? What do you call that? Yeah, that's the accessory. But accessory. Like, she was naming stylists and designers that neither <laughs> you or I would know if they were to stop us in the middle of the street and rob us in broad daylight anyway. So I don't know that we should be passing comment on uh, anything going we should on not. in the costume we, design world. <laughs> we should not. But uh, uh, inspired, efficient speeches, I would say. Yes, agree with that. John Leguizamo was out next. He commented on the Latinx representation overall in the house at that night and the original Oscar statue being modeled after a Mexican-American actor and made a penis joke about it all in one sentence. So good job by him. He presented the first ever performance of We Don't Talk About Bruno. And the night had kind of sustained a lot of bumps in the road along the way. It had been generally positive up to this point. I would say this was the first universally WTF moment of the night. Just play the hit song, man. Yeah. Just reenact. Or don't hype it up. What are you doing? Why mess with this one song that went viral? And the big picture, Joanna said it this morning, where she's like, what they cut or what they changed was the the rap in the middle of it that actually went viral. Like the yeah. what the kids love the most. Yeah, and they didn't even air it. On that immediately. 
And she had it pegged. They didn't even air this until 9.45 Eastern Standard yep. Time. Yep. Weird. Yeah. Um, don't say it's going to be the first ever live action presentation or performance of that song when it's not that song. I mean, they changed the lyrics. They changed the rap around. Megan the Stallion was there. That was a nice surprise. But, like, they changed the song. It wasn't, we don't talk about Bruno. It was an ode to the Academy, essentially. We don't talk about Bruno remix. I'm not, I'm not in for it. It was bizarre. Thanks to Will Smith, though, we won't be talking about that disaster of a performance. We move on. (laughs) Wanda Sykes comes out as King Richard. I laughed so hard at this. After the King Richard Best Picture promo, we still haven't gotten to the slap yet, but this was hilarious. I peed myself when she came out with the (laughs) stew, and then she wouldn't let go of the carriage. (laughs) she's talking about how i shaved so much for this (laughs) i'm just dying and then of course you get tammy faye regina king yeah i always wanted to to play a crazy white lady and then of course amy schumer as her favorite movie i thought we were dressing up as our favorite movies which of course set up the best joke of the night that she improv later so uh just really funny stuff yeah and good from the you know, transition right away from whatever Bruno's performance was to having that uh, little bit of comedy there. I thought that really worked. And then we had another reunion as Elliot Page, J.K. Simmons, and Jennifer Garner reunited for the 15th anniversary of Juno. They presented Best Original Screenplay to Belfast, Michael. Yeah, this was a cool little reunion in the middle of the show. And Belfast wins. So I'm happy that Oscars puzzle theory, it's alive and well. We always talk about them wanting to spread the love to the movies that need to win. This was a category in which a bunch of different films could have won, a bunch of different scripts could have won. And I do think Belfast nominated for, for as many films, it was a six or seven. It had to win somewhere, you would have thought, and it did win here. Weird that Kenneth Branagh, I understand it's a biopic and this is like his life's work, his life story, and he was gobsmacked from winning his first long overdue Oscar and all that, but he's making all, he's talking on and on having this setup about the troubles and about his time growing up there in Ireland. And he's talking about, you know, the oppressed people and you never, you were very scared and blah, blah, blah. And it's such an easy parallel to make. And I thought this is where he was going to make yeah. between what happened with the people and the troubles and the, what's happening with the people of the Ukraine right now. And he just never referenced the Ukraine at all. I just thought that was odd. It was odd. I was expecting it. It's almost like they were instructed not to yeah. do. I, like I don't want to jump to that conclusion. I, I'll take it back. I'll retract that statement. But I do think uh, I do think people purposely didn't talk about the Ukraine much. They because they didn't talk about the Ukraine much. So or Bruno for that matter. That's true. But look at I. This was one of the two underdogs that won on the night. Belfast was plus one fifty in terms of the Vegas betting odds. The only other underdog was the windshield wiper at plus six hundred based on our Monday odds, Michael. Otherwise betting favorites won twenty one of the twenty three Oscars. This is rare and this goes towards someone like me who picks conservatively in terms of going with the favorites and, and more often than not. So this was tailor made for me to do better this this year. I think the biggest upset of the night might have been anyone who bet on the Fresh Prince rushing the stage to slap the lead of I Think I Love My Wife, but we can move on and keep going here. (laughs) Sean Mendes and Tracy Ellis Ross presented Best Adapted Screenplay. That went to Coda and Sean Heater. It was a great moment. Uh, Kind of a very cool Sean Heater getting emotional on stage, thanking everybody and overcome with all these emotions and her life's work, and they immediately undercut it with that viewer choice top five movie thing countdown whatever that the Army of the Dead won. Yeah, that was so bizarre. Really bizarre. Like at least do original screenplay after adapted. Like the, you know the 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 book, the novel, the French film, the play that got adapted has one kind of tone, 
And then at least the original screenplay could have gone to anything at that point. I don't know. It was just so weird. And then, yeah, the Snyder people just kind of firebomb. Like, I'm not mad at the Snyder people for liking Snyder movies. I'm mad at them for firebombing the internet because it's I'm just I'm mad at awkward. the Oscars for giving them the opportunity. Like, there's yeah. a way you can do viewer's choice that works. Don't let them vote ju- every day. Can, Don't yeah, let them vote every that. hour. You can't just open it up to have somebody make a bot if they want to vote nonstop for their fate. Like, that's that's what's going to happen. You have to have a safeguard in place against that. They have to have people. They have to have a Twitter account that has ten followers and has been active yeah. for more than a day. <laughs> yeah. Was like the minimum requirement. It's just yeah. tailor made for for bots. It was like the scene in the naked. Never mind how this whole basically show was the exact Oscars from Naked Gun thirty three and a third. But that part in that movie where Frank trades the gun for the bomb and the entire audience slaps their head. <laughs> That's what was going through my mind there. But all right, the voiceover. How came often back. do you watch Naked I've Gun thirty three and a third? That movie, Mike. <laughs> Honest to God. Probably, maybe not more than any other movie, but it's got to be in my top five. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's true, <laughs> based on how often you quote it. The, the voiceover lady came back. This is really turning into just a therapy session for me. Uh, voiceover lady came back, reaches from commercial, tells us original score went to Hans Zimmer, who wasn't there to accept. Look, I, this is going to become more of a trend when they, they do yeah, the same right. darn thing next year after the ratings go up $6 million. And uh, we're dealing with a lot of the Academy still enraged about this. And Hans Zimmer had something else to do. And I'm sure he was taken aback by it. I don't know. I just This is going to be more commonplace. And if you were upset about the the possibility of the Academy celebrating a return to the a regression to the mean, uh, man, they're going to take those ratings and say that 30 billion people watched, even though it only happened in those that five-minute stretch after the slap. Well, that's the thing. Can they report those numbers from its peak? You'll never get the quarterly hour report from this show, ever. They'll never release those numbers. (laughs) (laughs) Licorice Pizza had its best picture. I'm not going to read the joke I have written down. It had its best picture uh, package presented next. Remy Malek. Don't have Remy Malek do a walk and talk. (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to be assaulted like that. Yeah, he's kind of creepy of late, uh, based on some recent choices as an actor, and uh, he doesn't blink very often, even though... Mr. Robot didn't help either of those either. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Playing a strung-out drug addict and uh, <laughs> and then very the bad true. guy in James Bond. Yeah, he was there. He introduced Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell for their performance of No Time to Die. This was the performance of the night for me, I believe, for you as well. Yeah, great song that we loved for two years. I'm surprised it had the legs to go all the way. Vegas did not think so, but it's still one plus 250. I wish we hammered that. Yeah. Like, that's the one you pay the vig on. We, we had the conviction, and we should have. We stayed away, at least in this case. But, uh, look, I don't know if I need the whole song, but she hits that note, Michael, as you oh, say. God damn, she was great. I, I'm such a Billie Eilish fan, and just, I... She's she's magnificent. She's halfway to an EGOT. She can't even legally drink. Watch The World's a Little Blurry on uh, Apple TV Plus, people. I mean, everybody will become a Billie Eilish fan and a Phineas fan after that. Mm. True story there. Film editing back from commercial. That went to Dune as well. There was a great joke uh, by the recipient talking about how Oscar nominated can be used by an insult by a witty 17-year-old. Yeah, that was that was very cute. The dad saying it about his daughter mm-hmm. who, who used his Oscar nominated status <laughs> to neg him. Uh, so really fun. And I think uh, 
I think I'm really feeling myself at this moment for getting editing right because that was the one I was most worried about. But let me be honest, again, I lucked into this one. I changed the pick. On the on the day of the recording. Yeah. On the day of the recording with no prior intention to do so because I ripped off a, a list of recent Oscar winners in the category coming from genre films, essentially. And I'm like, well, a genre film's probably going to win. And, and Dune was just nominated everywhere at one nothing uh, leading up to that. But, it, you know, other than some critics awards. So look at the, the William Goldman quote, God bless him, uh, about nobody knows anything applies to me, especially. And I, I got lucky here. We had Scott Feinberg on here telling us about how we may be facing a future where the precursors mean as little as they ever have previously. That was the case in film editing. And I appreciate your faux modesty here when compared to the text messages <laughs> I was receiving from you all night about bragging about how perfect you were. I was awesome. Oh, my God. <laughs> am I smart? I covered 20 categories this year. I nailed every single one of them. I mean, even if I got lucky, less insufferable than I Jesus, would be. So have your day, kid. I'm great at this. I don't want to hear anything from anybody anymore. I don't want if any guest talks over me again. If I have to question them with false modesty again, I will jump down. I will quote this uh, this stat uh, twenty for twenty. Yeah, you're right. I Thank want you. Holyfield. I want. I want him. No, that my tone of voice is forever changed to this right now. Just strong and confident for the first time in my life, and I should be that way forevermore uh, thank you good for you nightmare alley had its best picture promo <laughs> as well we followed that up with wando sykes and regina king handing out constellation prizes man the air got sucked out of the room and maybe this is what they meant by like a cruel joke against a movie that didn't do anything wrong but when regina hall said they have a she has a movie that's never been seen not even by its director and she said it was a screener of the last duel my god did i laugh it didn't do well at the box office. Which it got crushed. People. Come on. Yeah. And the guy still got his movie nominated for an Oscar. The other one, House of Gucci. And he made a billion dollars off of that. Come on. Have a sense of humor. Yeah. I don't. I mean, The Last Duel is a pretty good movie. I mean, they should have cut like 45 minutes of it because we don't need the he said, he said, please. But I mean, it's it's a fine movie and it's cool. It's It's got good action. It's Ridley Scott. You know, just a high, high floor to a Ridley Scott film. But this bit was not working, and then they heckled Judy Dench by way of a Kim Kardashian quote. I and think I just they, were, had s- they were taking the piss out of Kardashian there, which I appreciated. I loved it. Preposterous. Regina Hall again saving the bit at the yeah. end of it. I love. Yeah, it. yeah. Good, good job by you. Um, that was the end of normalcy in life as we would ever know it. <laughs> Because from there, we went to Chris Rock coming out to present the doc for best, an- uh, I can't even speak, for best documentary feature to Summer of Soul. Questlove won. I can't tell you anything about what happened because I was in this coke-induced haze, essentially, at this point. I was so hyper-focused on WTF did I just see, WTF is going on, am I actually alive right now? So you chugged a bottle of Coca-Cola. I just want to make That's this right. That's clear right. to the kiddies. That's right. But it was from the 1920s, so there was actually cocaine in it. That's how I get oh, my kick no. off. Uh, <laughs> I'm, kidding about about? I'm kidding yeah. about all that. Yeah, you are. But yeah, Questlove winning, that, that's a cool moment, but it totally got squashed. Uh, I think everything of... got squashed from this point out. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, it's a shame, too, because these are the biggest awards of the night coming out. And how great is it? Questlove, the guy who's there every night on The Tonight Show, he leads the band is an Oscar winner now, and I'm sure Jimmy Fallon will give him his due, uh, and rightfully so, but I think all these awards kind of got thrown under the bus, for lack of a better term, from this point forward. I tell you, another reason why I want to rewatch and study the show a little bit, you know, for the Fallout episode. I want to rewatch the uh, DVR on this one. But, yeah, the, the next reunion, 
I don't remember a thing about it other than we got Bad Boy playing over Godfather montage. Why did he? <laughs> why, like, not only why did he to present the Godfather reunion, but why is Diddy the guy who's like, yo, I'm going to mediate peace between Chris Rock and Will Smith? And then Will Smith giving that fucking fake laugh afterward. Like, everything was so bizarre from this point forward. <laughs> it, I, it was a fever dream. Yeah, it was. I, I, I was totally just aghast. De Niro should have punched Pacino. That's, that would have taken the whole... If Robert De Niro just slugged Al Pacino, you can't tell me there wouldn't have been a standing ovation and like comedic laughter uproarous throughout the theater. Uh, people should have short-circuited. Everybody should have rushed the stage. Just, and just, just mayhem? Say, yeah, just Kingsman. Just Kingsman 1. Uh, all right, so we had Al Pacino, Francis Ford Coppola, and Robert De Niro there talking about... What a short end of the stick these guys got having to talk about the 50th anniversary of the godfather nobody was paying attention reportedly if you watch according to people in the room on twitter everyone was on their phones at this point just trying to find out wtf was going on with chris rock and will smith then we had the in memoriam section tyler perry came back from commercial commemorating Sidney portier i think if the will smith thing never happens this i i i, I take it you didn't like it I agree the majority of people, if this was to stand on its own as a focus, would have been bewildered by it. But again, it's like everything else that happened since Will Smith. Nobody's going to pay it any mind because of what happened with Will Smith and Chris Rock. Yeah, they the music went back and forth between very solemn and, and reverent, which is what you typically get, right, in an in-memoriam uh, performance. And then they they went upbeat and gospel. And I was just not expecting it. And it, well, they it was were playing a... songs. Yeah, they were playing like marching bands style songs from certain shows or movies that these certain actors like. They played the Golden Girls theme, I think, for Betty White. Just kind of strange tonally. If you're not paying attention, if you're half paying attention and you're scouring Twitter like I was in that yeah. moment, which is again why I got to rewatch. So I, I, I can't pay. I can't focus, and it just hit me the wrong way. I was like, this is just turning into. This is a food fight right now. I don't know what's going on, and it doesn't feel like yeah. it should. Like, is this the in memoriam? Like, I didn't know it was the in memoriam because I was so glued to the second scream. So that's a, that's a me problem more than anything, and I'm a hypocrite because I love Irish funerals and in the same way. I've been to many of them, unfortunately, but it's just my whole family is like that. We're, we're we have gallows humor. We're weird. That's why we're joking about this stuff today, and we can't help it. And you're the same way, and we're both effed up, and it is what it is. But Jesus, what is happening in this moment? I, I'm watching people dancing for the longest list of death we've ever had at the Oscars. If Ellen rushed the stage and took a selfie immediately <sighs> after the slap, do you think people would have gotten it? <laughs> Derek, some great meta jokes that you're going to make, and you're off to a good start on that Thank one. You. Thank, Thank you. Good you. job. <laughs> Production design went to Dune afterwards. Uh, good time to go over the uh, total winner tallies, and it's short. Michael Dune led with six Oscars. We'll talk about Toda's second pl- uh, Coda's second place tally in a minute. The Eyes of Tammy Faye was the only other film, three films that won two or more. Crazy. The Eyes of Tammy Faye went two for two. Dune went six for ten, and Coda in the middle there. Otherwise, awards were spread around to films that won an Oscar apiece. Crazy, absolutely crazy, especially considering all favorites, like you said earlier, ended up winning anyway. Yeah. 
Zoe Kravitz and Jake Gyllenhaal were out. They presented original song, and Billie Eilish and Phineas do get halfway to an EGOT there. Yeah, thoroughly happy for them, and they're going to have an EGOT. Maybe before they're 30, which is crazy. we got to do, do more stuff. Kevin Costner came out and was like, all right, this is your moment, Kev. you got to bring the room back. And that's why he went on this meandering soliloquy about whatever the hell he was talking about before he presented Best Director to Jane Campion. Why is he pausing between everything he's saying? He knows the show is going long, and he, the pauses were hilarious in retrospect. We talked about it early, earlier. I've seen first time I saw an adult movie, and then he paused at seven years old. <laughs> like, we're all, again, we're scouring Twitter for replays of the slap. <laughs> and we have this going on in the back. <laughs> it's like, is what is he talking about? Kevin Costner talking about... <laughs> Masturbation. <laughs> Seven-year-old so seeing a surreal. porn movie. What happened in the last 90 minutes of Sunday, March 27th, <laughs> will go down in history as the most bizarre timeline in so many millions of people's lives. Thank God they forced Jane Campion to read off a script. That's yes. all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> she was uh, forced. Well, is that all you got, you pussy? <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, Jay Campion's been full of, full of it all season. Just nailing the season, and then of course the gaff. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. Oh. No, good call by you. Good call by you. Uh, hey man, then it was time to shine. Uma Thurman, Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson. They reunited. They danced. They revealed what was in the briefcase from Pulp Fiction. After all these years, to present lead actor to Will Smith. We covered that uh, in the intro. And then that led to Amy Schumer's hilarious joke that we also already talked about, saying, hey, man, it seems like the vibe in this room changed. Did I miss anything? Anthony Hopkins was out there. I'll talk about a man who could not give a shit less about controversy that was going on. There were videos on him of him on Twitter in the after party, too, starting to dance floor uh, in the Golden Awards. Anthony Hopkins was out. He presented lead actress to Jessica Chastain. And I, I give the room credit for finding time to have a standing ovation for her. Yeah. I am... Happy for Jessica Chastain. She kind of brought us back to some sense of normalcy. And the standing ovations deserved the the long speech. I I wasn't sure where it was going, but in context, it makes a lot of sense. And her sister, Juliet, died of a suicide in 2003. So she built to that moment. I was worried she was going to go very political there. She did not. Uh, She talked about the importance of suicide awareness. And uh, I think it's 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 majorly important in the context of Tammy Faye and her uh, advocacy of LBG, LGBTQ plus in that community and in the movie and outside. And, and look, we're we're faced with a lot of uh, discriminatory and bigoted legislation of late. She that's a quote from mm-hmm. her speech, and it's it's important stuff. And she she brought brought her speech home with that. On first glance, I was kind of out of sync, but it, it, it fell together. Yeah, I'm with you there. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that that won't have more of an impact because you I can't be convinced the majority of that speech, as well as the majority of any other speech given at that point in the last hour and a half, doesn't fall on deaf ears. You know, this just dawned on me, Mike, because yeah. we had Anthony Hopkins present Jessica Chastain. What if Francis McDormand presented Will Smith instead of the reunion? Oh, my God. That what? would have been amazing. What would have happened? Like, she probably would have mentored him in that moment because she's so damn cool. Well, she probably would have dressed him down with her words first. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, and then done that. You don't know. You don't know. Wow. Did she dodge a bullet there? Or did the industry not get that moment? 
I mean, we kind of had the, you know, the, the feel good best presentation of the, of a reunion on the night. I thought with the Pulp Fiction, they saved the best reunion. And Samuel L. Jackson was selling his lines beautifully. I mean, I talk about the consummate pro in his own right. Like exactly. So that was fortunate for them. I think definitely probably dodged a bullet. It could have been scolding. It could have been anything. I don't know what she would have done. I don't know. I, I do think she's cooler than just scolding them, but she probably would have. She, she would have been stuck in a tough position two years in a row because she got actress after picture last year or picture or, or whatever. I forget whatever the, the, hell the order. last year. Yeah. We did not want to rewatch last year's Oscars. Let's just say that much. <laughs> and, but she was in an awkward spot, and it would have been two years in a row. She dodged that one. I also think somebody who dodged a lot of jokes at their own expense was Liza Minnelli. And look, Lady Gaga and Liza Minnelli presented Breast Picture Dakota. God bless Liza Minnelli for all she's done. She doesn't need to be out there doing this. She should not have been out there. And I felt very sad in the moment that she was in this position. I will give her credit. I I was emotional when she pulled it together at the end because my grandma's in a nursing home now. Mm-hmm. She's ninety three. She could barely stroke. Uh, she could barely speak after multiple strokes, and I just it did make me sad seeing her in that stage. Well, it's like Liza Kirk Minnelli. Douglas. They did the same thing with Kirk Douglas a couple of years ago. I think it was at the Oscars as well. Right. Like it, these look, they're legends, and we can remember them as legends, but we don't need to put them on display on live TV like this. Okay, Coda was a strong finish yeah. and it's a soundbite that'll work and gaga's reaction was great gaga in that moment was wonderful yeah i'm so proud yeah uh just so proud of her she brought that home and it was a rough spot it was a rough awkward spot and and you know god bless liza minnelli yeah absolutely and and, and it, i mean i the last hour and a half as i try to find words here was a rough spot as well because this to me went from a program that was refreshing and a change of pace and something that was impressing me. I was one of the biggest skeptics. You heard it come across in our interview with Scott. I was one of the biggest skeptics about what this show could actually be. And I thought it was living up to its to its change of at least being different, which I yeah. appreciate. And I give credit to degree of difficulty for trying to pull off. But then, man, this went from something new to something I could not wait to get out of an end from secondhand embarrassment and awkwardness. Yeah, it wasn't great, and that's probably that's that's not the way it should have gone. Right. Coda should have been a triumphant right. moment at yep. the end of the night, but it, of course, it got you know it got overshadowed, and that's unfortunately the the case because Coda is a a best picture winner that's a crowd pleaser. Yeah, in the highest sense of the term, and you can have your criticisms of Coda as a best picture winner, and that's okay. I get it. Mike and I are big fans of that movie. I'm also. Uh, I've also given a good grade to the power of the dog as well. So I'm, I'm not against the power of the dog or Jane Campion. I thought she deserved best director. And I think the power of the dog based on the five hours that Andrew, the Nomcast and I did on <laughs> reviewing it still shorter the than the runtime of the movie itself. Amazingly, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Barely, but we, we loved uh, so much from that movie. So, Ari Wegman almost got the Oscar. She was probably in the silver medal position for cinematography. And The Power of the Dog only goes one for 12. I wonder what Netflix HQ is doing right now. They got to be rattled. They got to be rocked by the fact that this uh, was winning. Probably thanking Will Smith. Honestly. I mean, because this top story would be Coda is such a heartfelt winner. Oh, my God. Apple beat Netflix the best picture. Right. Apple beat Netflix the best picture and probably has the edge on them next year with the Killers of the right. Flower Moon. 
And we're, we might be destined to do this again based on the slates, like I said in the Feinberg episode, the slates that are coming up in the year and preview series that we're going to have to dive into at some point soon to kind of talk about these two studios with major movies coming out. And I was I was skeptical of that because, you know, Andrew and I were searching for it. Like, what do they really have? But then they got the big names. They got the David Finchers. They got the Bradley Coopers. They got the uh, George C. Wolfs from Ma Rainey's there. They got the uh, Tyler Perry might have a, an Oscar movie next year. Judd Apatow's got one coming out next week. I mean, they got huge names and that's not even uh, you know before that's before all the festival acquisitions which they got to be kicking themselves for now Sundance was bought for 25 mil a couple months earlier they had bought in the trial of the Chicago 7 for 45 mil Mike yeah Netflix could have bought this one and that's a bummer because they've gone for the art film and I champion them for that it's a Netflix movie too it's a it's a a movie that would play great on the Netflix algorithm. Could you ma- imagine if they had 220 subscribers? This would have been a runaway. This would have been cinched months earlier, for Christ's sake, if Netflix was behind it. But they've gone the art film route, and like I said, power to them. But it, it's kind of a harder sell. It's a tougher sell at the best picture in a preferential ballot year, as Scott Feinberg was saying, as Eric Weber was saying, as every guest that we've had has been saying. So Coda ran the table, won PGA, uh, one WGA SAG. and then went three for three on the night. What one it needed SAG to do. Too. Ensemble. Well, yeah, but after SAG, we were wondering about the candidacy of CODA. So to get into some punditry here for a minute, something I've been saying, it had to win, it run the table. And it so did. Netflix has what, six months of a window now, as opposed to no window at all to be talked about as how disappointed because nobody's going to talk about Netflix versus Apple. I, I mean, that's not going to be the major story coming out of this Oscars, at least for the next few months. Here's what I'm saying, though. I think it might be a good thing for our movie watching because Netflix is going to want this thing. They're going to keep going after this. How much more money can... The money they poured in, Mike, in the last two years or three years between The Irishman, Fincher, and the marketing behind Don't Look Up and Power of the Dog this year. Like, what can they do? But they've put out a lot of awesome movies directed at, like Kevin Costner says, adult films, lovers like you and I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we like our adult films here I at Mike Mike. I love a good adult film every once in a while, yeah. <laughs> We're adult film connoisseurs here at Mike Mike and Oscar. Put it on the posters for the next season of MMO. I'll tell you what, this Oscars did well by us, that's for sure. <laughs> well, we were bored for this moment. We were bored for this stupid episode of recapping things late, but uh, God, did we have fun. And, you know, congratulations to all the winners. Oh, I'm afraid of the months to come, but we will be all over it. I made a joke about, will that slap get its own NBC drama? And nobody appreciated it except for one person. And I forget who it was, but God bless that good soul who knew what I was talking about. Did you watch the first episode of the slap? I have not watched a broadcast show. I don't think. Since? Yeah, since the slap. Since the first episode of the slap. But season two we will have on Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Film Twitter will be the exclusive streaming rights for the slap season two on all these film Twitter pods like jerks. It's going to be me running around to random people. Oh, my God. Yeah, what I mean, hey, what a show. What a year. What a year. 
Uh, that's it, and that's all. And as always, what matters most to us, dear listener, are your thoughts and your reactions. What did you see last night? We desperately want to know uh, your interpretation of what went down. What do you think about anything we had to say about the slap, about anything else that happened on the Oscar stage? You can leave us all of those, as well as any other thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns about anything we do here in the MMO universe on our social media, as we are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram, at MM and Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com. And on Reddit, we are available wherever you do hear podcasts. If you're listening to us on either the Apple Podcast or Spotify app, if you would be so kind, if you appreciate what we do, to leave us a five-star review, those truly go a long way in helping us out. We cannot thank all of you enough. And we can't thank all of you enough for sticking by us and coming on this journey with us like we do every year. I mean, we wouldn't be doing this if we wasn't for you guys and you listeners out there and your feedback on Twitter and Facebook and all our social media pages. And we cannot thank you enough for another year in the books. So thank you a million times. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and as long as you keep tuning in, we're going to do our best here to keep giving you reasons to tune in. As far as what comes next after the Oscars being over, Michael, tell the good people and let's have some words of wisdom to end on. Well, the words of wisdom are easy. I want to thank all our listeners like you just did. Uh, they, We grew. How? I don't know. After the pandemic, after last year's Oscars, I didn't know where the show was going necessarily because the movie world. Uh, to so be much... fair, we still don't this year because there might be <laughs> drastic changes in the near future to the show. No, true. It, it was a controversial Oscars and it keeps things keeps things very very uh, interesting for us. So we're yeah. going to be doing Oscar race checkpoints. We do the news shows. We do the uh, industry shows. I got a lot of industry experts that I want to ask to come on in terms of guest bookings that we're going to do this spring that I'm about to pitch to Mike in, in future days here before uh, before he, well, after he wants yeah, don't to talk, talk to me, me again. Don't talk I, to me for a You don't want to talk to me for a while, but let's thank our <laughs> listeners. Those are the words of wisdom today. We you doubled our number, actually. <laughs> How we doubled our listenership this year just boggles my mind. I can't believe it. Uh, we've been growing every year. we got all these advertisers that want to market on the show, which is very cool. And we probably should monetize at some point. Uh, suckers. We're, <laughs> yeah, suckers. <laughs> we will botch. Oh, no. <laughs> I think we'll do a good, fine job. But I don't know if we want to go that route, what way we want to go. But it is, it is, it is exciting and we got a lot of cool stuff coming up next, and I, I think that's the main thing. You know, we tried to keep the main thing the main thing mm -hmm. forever on this show, Mike, and I, I kudos to you. Uh, and I, we put on fun shows, and we've had fun, and we said we just got to keep having fun and, and catering to the listener. And let's just give these people what they want. Let's just give, you know, shout out to Jalen Rose on that trademark. Got to give probably the people what they want. Yeah. Phrase, the trademark phrase that we, you know, we have trademark Got phrases in the title people. of our our podcast. We have trademark episode. Uh, we <laughs> copyright people at the end of the shows. Where am I going? This happens at the end of episode. If you want to see a man break down. We don't know how to properly express emotions we, is what gets to. We like, do not. And yeah. we do know. We do not know how to end any show right. over the course of the year. I have psychology breaks at the end of every <laughs> outro and i'm doing it again here on the biggest show of the year so thank you to all the new listeners who tune in uh if you want some more we'll probably do a fallout show next again on oscar race checkpoint we got our year in preview series
series that's usually a four or five parter that we'll probably do once a week throughout the month of April. We usually have guests on that. We got to start asking guests, Mike. Again, I got some ideas. Uh, we end that with 100% accurate predictions for next year's Oscars that we do way, way too early. And we got some fun mini series on the horizon. You pitched like six or seven to me. We both gravitated towards Easter Eggers, which is going to be a <laughs> mini series on the Double V Vitch, the Lighthouse, and the Northmen, which just, it's perfect. Mwah. Chef's Kiss. It, it comes out the week before. Uh, you know, bookends of the Easter's on the calendar of the Christian church, like the Greek Orthodox and the other, you know, we got Easter's bookending the, the release of the Northmen on the 22nd. We got multiverses of madness, whether it's Michelle Yeoh or Benedict Cumberdill, (laughs) we got a new era from Downton Abbey. And we're going to do a mega series, not a mini series uh, of Mike, Mike and Emmy, where we watch every single episode of Downton Abbey with our mothers. Isn't that correct? Dare you <laughs> throw Downton Abbey a new legacy in a new era? Excuse you. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> we will go see that movie with our mothers yes, and have will. fun. We will not do a mega series on that, but we—I'm a big Downton Abbey fan. Me and LeBron James and Amy Schumer, and I don't apologize for it for a second. The Gilded <laughs> Age, by the next way, next year's Oscars host. The next year's Emmys, the Gilded Age, should win all the production values. Great show. Can you believe it? you? I, I like there is so much information there. <laughs> and all Again, I want to do is be done with. This I year. break down. I break yeah. down at the end of episodes, and that's my manic burst. That's my fine burst of uh, energy. To I finish. see what you did there. Good job by you. Good job by you again. Also, Mike, going twenty for twenty in the categories we cover. I think I was seventeen and twenty-three of overall fifteen. I want to say of twenty over the twenty we cover. I, I always guess wrong. You're always better, but a perfect score by you certainly deserves recognition and adulation and makes us seem a little more credible uh, at the end of these episodes. Where I we agree. Don't sound yeah. credible. Whatsoever. I agree. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you do, uh, guys. <laughs> when reality sucks, you can come recap. What had to have been a drug-induced coma, right, with us. There's no way that actually happened. But if it did happen and you saw it, too, let us know. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. Thank you once again for listening. We will keep doing it as many times a week as we can, guys. Uh, We will see you all very soon. See ya. See ya.